Derek Hanja just said to me before the break, goes, can you end this thing tonight? <laughs> I thought, you know what? I think, done. The, I think the Red Hawks want to do that. Uh, I think they want to do that. It was a uh, it was a full day yesterday. You heard those highlights there, the emotion of, of Maury's passing and and uh, the number of messages and, and stories and, and all of that. It was uh, quite the day. I, I said earlier on KFGO, I, I'm now looking back, I felt sorry for Milwaukee. I think uh, the fact that... Uh, that with John Silviano and the, and the broken leg, uh, the bone there, and the team rallying around him, Maury's passing, the energy and just spirit at Newman Outdoor Field. I, I'm not sure who would have had a chance last night against the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks. And, and T. Grower, the big sycamore coming in. And, you know, he lasted just a handful of innings against Kansas City, left a little elbow, a little what, what they call the old hockey, the upper body injury taken out for precautionary measures, you know, and didn't know if what, what his, what it was going to be. Is he going to make a start? Last night was going to be Peyton Wigginton. It was going to be Grower and uh, Tyler Grower told Chris Coast and, and Kevin McGovern to come down. I'm good. I feel fine. And they went, okay. What the heck? It's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the, just the Miles Wolf Cup finals. Yeah. Yeah. We never okay. won a title in the AA, you know, just, Okay. <laughs> And it was funny, earlier in the afternoon, I, I popped in the clubhouse, and I think I, I looked on the couch, and Grower's in there reading a book. I'm like, well, that's good. And then later, he took Caleb Carlisle's, uh, the clubhouse guy assistant, Scooter, over to the Fargo Dome to say hi to his parents, who must have just pulled in. Town. They were like, Caleb comes in to Chris, goes, Chris, uh, Grower just left in my scooter over to the Fargo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he was just reading a book a little bit ago. I mean, and, and this is game day on pictures, right? This is, yeah, Lord. Then he goes out and almost Don Larson'd yeah. the game I, uh, last night. I, I caught it about the seventh inning. Or actually, I saw. I was keeping an eye on the score, and I saw it when they got the five five early. I said, "All right, this one's over." Right. Yeah, so they're done. I mean, that's exactly that, oh. that's the recipe. Get the early lead. Let uh, let your pitching and get into your bullpen deep. And they and boy, that's that's the thing. If they can get you know what they've gotten out of Wigginton in the postseason right now because that bull, that bullpen is locked and loaded and ready to finish yeah, this off. There's a sense of optimism certainly uh, tonight. I think any strategy, you know, you talk about holding down the opposition when you have a good lineup yourself to let your bats figure out their starting pitcher, and their starting pitcher Ryan Zimmerman, you know, spins it well and then will spin it some more and has enough on a fastball, you know, ninety ninety two to keep you honest. Right, and so. And Brad's right. That, that's the recipe. Can can would T. Grower be able to you know keep them down? Well, you know, sixteen up, sixteen down is pretty good. And then in the bottom of the third, a little base knock, and then Maris has that at bat, and you heard the home run. And then you know, and, and there was a lot of poetic uh, last night. You know, Manny Boscan gets a hit. Then with two outs, you know, they bring in Miles Smith, this flame throwing right hander, and and Nick Novak is the young man that's stepping in for John Silviano. And what does he do? Deliver a two out hit. And and that made it five nothing, and then you know they just basically didn't look back after that. So nice win, uh, nice win, guys like Derek that had been involved in the Red Hawks since you know the almost the nineteen ninety six the beginning, and uh, you know in all those five Northern League titles, but not one in the American right. Association. And so this this we're talking confirmation here. We're talking you know validation. We're right. talking you know. You know, it, it was there were it was three and a half decades before this this area waited for pro ball to come back, mm-hmm. and then then we're we're uh, you know treated to some pretty good success right out of the gate. So you got thinking going well, 
this is how it's going to be. You know, we're into the series in 96, won it in 98. Some it's, well, it was the, the independent team of the decade in 1998. The 1998 team, some would say there, there may not be a team that good slash dominant right. with, the, with what they did in 98. And they turn around in the early 2000s and added a couple more late in their, their final years in the Northern League. And so you're feeling pretty good. And then it's, it's like, a, you know, everybody loves a winner. That's John Dietrich said. Uh, he always giggles, you know, because every GM job he took, you know, he'd talk with the locals and say, well, I'm glad you brought the team. And remember, everybody loves a winner. Well, right. of course everybody loves <laughs> What's the alternative? You know, right. This team likes to lose. So this town does. We love losers, so you better not win. So everybody loves a winner. But it, now here you are, D and, and Brad, like a decade plus, and you're on the you're on the cusp. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty good stuff. Uh, As a great philosopher, Larry the Cable Guy said, yeah. get her done. Yeah. Get her done. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. Get her done. I don't know if it's a great line. It's pretty <laughs> get her done. cliche at this point. But they've, they've kind of went through the ebbs and flows when they joined the, when the American Association. I think they struggled, mm-hmm. struggled the first year right. and got in the playoffs for a couple of years and then got bounced early. Uh, I, I was in Gary for the one of those series in mm-hmm. 13, and, um, and they kind of scuffled for a little bit and then bounced back. And it was just... You know, it's just the, the 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 strength of that league, and the you know, really the parity of that league. It seems like it's a Winnipeg or a Kansas City, or you know, Laredo won it one year while they right. were still in the league, and it's just yeah, it just feels like it's the Red Hawks' turn this time. It it and especially since uh, dissolving of Kansas City, who now is in the same division, and, and the argument. It's funny, even at the pro level, even though it's a salary cap league, you know, this is a salary this is a salary cap. You have X amount of dollars you can. Spend and then you have dollars, you know, you earmark for this. You know, the veterans get paid right. more than the rookies, all that. And then you always look around going, Well, how is it that Kansas City has eight different guys with Major League Baseball experience on their team? Or what is it with Chicago's got all these guys that are even that? And 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 you almost feel still like that team that is that is pushing and and trying to get uh, you know to that that level, even though the Hawks have certainly had a, had a great great run. And and so this would be. It would be a good fitting um, end to a to a story that they played eighteen of the first twenty one on the road, eighteen of the first twenty one on the road that with all those miles, you know they had two different nine game win streaks this year. Um, players have come and gone, you know. You had you had you had a player in your rotation, uh, you you know your rotation got chopped right away. Ryan Flores went over to it and, and pitched in Mexico, so you lose him. Sebastian Kesse, God bless him. Just was an all-star and then kind of retired. Said, I'm going to go back to Arizona and work, you know, just get a normal job and live life that way. And we're thinking, so right in front of Chris Coe's lap and his staff is like, oh, by the way, you got to fill the missing spot for this yeah. starter and you got to fill the missing no spot for this. Yeah. yeah. So they grab two rookies, to Derek's point. You grab two rookies. You make Tyler Grower a starter. And then Jeff Bettinger, then they go find this kid from Middle Tennessee State. They paid Wigginton. And all those two guys have done. One became rookie pitcher of the year. The other was like a nine-game winner and is throwing tonight in the – you know, so again, these the stories are kind of weird how they write themselves in, in – or, you know, right. Well, I, I think that's the one thing about this with the some of the injuries that they've had, including currently with Silviano. I mean, it, it's, right. if they can get this done, it's going to really show why Chris Coast is, uh, you know, the manager of the year. And I think he was the first one to say his staff, <laughs> I mean, what great. they would able – to do to put this together, obviously Jeff Bittiger is a part of it. You know, I mean, what they're able to do is amazing, and you know, it's been a fun summer. I hope people will get out there tonight because it's going to be a big one. I do too, and I think the players in the clubhouse were like, you know, what do you think the crowd's going to be tomorrow night? You know, they want right. They they want to play in front of 
everybody wants to play in front of a big house, but they really want to celebrate with a bunch of people if right. tonight is uh, it's, night. You know, bring your coat. It's a little windy, a little yeah. chilly, all that. I mean, I think uh, the lefties, if they want to pull a ball the way it looks with this west wind, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit wow. <laughs> but, and the righties going oppo. Right, exactly. Yeah, you want to wait on one a little bit tonight, the way things are going. But yeah, I know a lot of volleyball was going on on a Tuesday night. That's always a big yeah. thing. But, uh, boy, tonight in Newman Outdoor Field, you can witness history here tonight. It is, uh, um, yeah, pregame 6-10, bring yours along, first pitch at 6-30. Uh, we'll see uh, how it goes, but Peyton Wigginton will go, and I love this dude, Tennessee boy, and I always joke because Peyton, when the Red Hawks signed him, and, and let's and you mentioned those names, I, you know, Jeff Bittiger was here last night, uh, his wife Felicia, I haven't seen Alicia in, in how many years, you know, Ron Gardenhire used to uh, chat about uh, Alicia Bittiger, because Gardy and Bitt are best friends you know they're mm-hmm. they're they're buddies they go, go way by. back yep and uh, i remember talking to guardy once the guardy says uh jeff's wife now that's an athlete i remember we were like on vacation in hawaii together and she's like catching me and bit and you know taking like 90 mile an hour pitch i mean oh yeah she's an athlete you know so it's kind of funny great to see alicia in town last night not an athlete the way dan gladden was describing his wife on this hall of fame no a little different don't worry about it danny with the Who's Mickey Mouse ears and a T-shirt. <laughs> if like, people don't know, just listen to that for a second. And I, I don't know. Uh, she probably was blushing at that point. <laughs> it was good. And and really, thanks to all those uh, the messages that came in on on Maury. We really it transferred from the shock of finding out of his death. And, and shock, I get it. But just the news of that yeah. yesterday for me personally just transferred into the celebration and memories of his his life. You know the the. You know, it's like the day of like grieving into you're trying to put like eight emotions. You know, Derek, you've had people pass. Uh, Brad, you just lost a, a, a grandmother, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're the, so you're like yesterday went from like oh sad to a little grieve to celebration, and then the Red Hawks win and like got home last night and went well. You know what? Uh, he would have been. Uh, no, he more would have been said, Jack. I don't know if they're still enough bases, Jack. We got to get to get. But he would have. He'd have been absolutely thrilled last night. So yeah, well, I, I was thinking about that too. When you look at obviously, uh, he was able to see a Dodgers World Series in kind of a weird time during the pandemic and all that. You know, that was I'm sure a lot of fun for him. But then, you know, just thinking about him passing at this time, what. Yeah, just kind of fitting right. for us in Fargo more had to think about him if they can pull this off. And, and the moment of silence last night, not only in Newman, but you know, our, my friend Chuck Morgan, who's been the voice of the Rangers Hall of Famer for what thirty years. Chuck, I saw on my so my Facebook said, "Yeah, we had a moment of silence for Maury in Texas." And then the Dodgers, of course, were going to wear the the patch on that. And there's been some nice MLB put memorials uh, over, and and uh, and Maury's wife Carla shared a. A tribute with him to Frank Sinatra. Thanks for the memories and all that. So it's it's it really. I like the way that America, MLB, and certainly Fargo Moorhead and those of us did that. What records? I'm not going to ask. Here's for the text club today: three five two seven zero. Not records you don't think are going to be broken. What sport records in your high school, in college, in major league, or or in professional don't you want to see broken? I'm going to throw that question out today. What records don't you want to see hmm. broken? And you can let that swim in your brain a little bit. And uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know what records are in your local high school or or collegiate ones. Or you know, certainly we 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 know the. So I'm not asking what records you don't think are going to be broken. More like what records 
don't you want to see? I don't. And, and Derek, you and I have done a billion shows together. I don't know if we've ever really asked that question. I was thinking about that today. I, it's hard for me to say that because I, I, I can't think of – usually I think – they're meant to be broken, so I don't know. <laughs> right, right. That's what I, I, mean, to... I can't think of any that I would I wouldn't want to have broken because I think that's kind of the fun of the sport to see who can who chase can that. Chase it. But it's funny with baseball because here, you know, here's here's my list. You know, there's Barry Bonds sitting at seventy three. You know, but that I want we, to be broken. We look at that, yeah. you know, going not, right. We want. I don't want Judge if he's going to break it. I want him to be like a yeah. slow pitch softball. I want him to hit like yeah, for the 13, next two weeks. If he could just serve him up about right. fifteen more, that'd be nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just just keep throwing batting practice right. balls in it there. Doesn't matter. Yankees are in the playoffs. Let's, let's go. Just let let's throw up cookies and let, let him hit him out. Get him. Get him how can he get fourteen so or fifteen home Barry Bonds anymore? Right. So that's my question. What? And I guess I don't have a list of all the records or. I don't know the record. I wanted Adrian Peterson to break the <clears throat> excuse me yeah. the twenty one oh five of Eric Dickerson and they took him out too early. Brad and I remember we were doing after the game. They took him out when he was about ready to go for a bunch more yards, and oh, the game right. was still in hand. And we were arguing with listeners about it, like, "Whoa, what if he gets injured?" I'm like, I don't "Well, think the game was. I don't know if the they game were was... only up by like eight points. Yeah, but, oh, well, yeah, because well, they ten points. They had two kick, scores. They had to kick a field goal to win the game. That they, they were they were also playing to get in the playoffs. Yeah, too. yeah." So it was, yeah, it was the second to last game of the season. So what they you know they could, if he got in like fifty more yards, it wouldn't have come down to. And he just needed to get to the end zone. And he'd have broke the record against the Packers. Right. That's the one I, that really got away. And that's uh, I, I'll never forget the Vikings. It, they like, they could have had that one. Like the four minute mile. You know, we were like that darn Bannister. Or you know, I hope nobody breaks Roger Bannister. Well, mile. see, a lot of people you around know, here didn't want the Maris record to be broken with Judge. I do seem to think though. Even around Fargo, people were fascinated with McGuire and Sosa chasing that, weren't they? I think yes. people were question. Yes. Yeah, I think we were kind of like, okay, well, this is meant to be broken. It's been th- and, and and Maris is being brought up so much that it was kind we, of a nice we thing. Just, we loved it. He was yeah. swept up, and Roger was was yeah. It's a great point, and 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 Mark McGuire, to his credit, at the time he was doing it, and we didn't know yeah. anything else other than he was you know on this pace with Sosa. And his treatment, and with the Maris family, and there was genuine tears in his eyes. You know, there right. like McGuire wasn't faking that; just so having it. You know, there were there were some things that that it got him there. But but you're right. You know, that was that was a make. You know, '98. You know, was was stunning. That's why I ask, what records don't you want to be broken? Because that question lends itself to the uh, to the person that holds it is held in in a pretty high esteem, and you don't really want it. You really don't want yeah, to I see. Can't. So I, I don't know. I, I thought about that this morning. On KFG, we always talk about records are meant to be broken. If Roger were here, my guess is he'd be just fine with Aaron right. Judge, you know, doing what he's doing. But maybe there's a record out there that you think, no, you know what? I don't want to see Gretzky's this, you know, knocked down. But then yeah, I just can't think though. So, like, in my mindset, I can't think of that because I just think that that's kind of how it goes, right? Yeah, we're so yeah, we're used to just seeing that. Twenty one oh five is going to be a little different now too. with seventeen games because. You know, Peterson would have broke it in this day and age of football. Uh-huh. I mean, or we can do the old asterisk thing the way we did for Maris with 154 compared to 162. Is it, you know, I think as time goes along, a lot of these records, certainly in football, are going to kind of go by the wayside. I mean, if you had a you 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 had 1500 yard, you know, you had a thousand yard rushing at one point. That was a lot. Now you had a yeah, 1500. Is, I mean, I'm a what 4192. Ooh, hits Pete Rose. Yeah. Huh? I don't know if anybody's going to play that long, right? I mean, because you got to 
Yeah. Well, and it keeps his name as far as you know. He he may not get in the Hall of Fame while he's alive, mm-hmm. but he uh, it certainly makes you appreciate the great player he was. Not so much the yeah you the you know what that he is uh, right. off the field. Right, that's, was... that's not a bad uh, it's not a bad way to start on that, Brad. That's mm-hmm. uh, you know, and if so, I think it it would it, we just uh... be willing to accept anybody that hasn't done this that and another thing that's you know someone you root for just from a number standpoint longevity wise i mean miguel cabrera has been going on and on he's played for almost two decades now and he just got to three thousand. right i uh that's crazy yeah so it's so it's yeah so again for the for the textures at 35 270 it's it's not the question is what records don't you think are going to be broken it's what records don't you want Hmm. to see broken uh, Jerry Rice has the record for most touchdowns in a career, 208. Just throwing, throwing a Most num- touchdowns, huh? Most touchdowns, 208. I'd love to see that be broken. I mean, I, I, I mean yeah. if it, it happens, it's from a – you're talking about who I think is the greatest of all time at the wide receiver position, right? <laughs> but, yeah. With, you know, Moss and yeah. a few others behind him, but – Yeah, I don't uh, – I just Googled, like, NFL records. You know, it, you know there's uh, – I don't know. There's nothing I th- I herald as something. Oh man, I hate to, because most of the ones that you really appreciate now are never going to. be. I mean, Cal Ripken Jr. That's never going to get broken, right? Games that that's yeah, done, right? Yeah. And then again, especially that, if the Rocco Badellis of the world yeah. managing. <laughs> so so again, like to my question, so again, it doesn't fall to that because of course that's not going to be broken. Cy Young wins, never going to be broken. So that's that. But what's the other side of that? Is ones you really don't want because the person that that has it. Uh, you just want to see that they're uh, of the ones that are are p- possibly attainable. I'll give you another one. What do you got? Uh, the Chicago Bulls ninety five ninety six went seventy two and ten. Oh, I'd love to see that broken. Oh, you would like to see it broken. Oh yeah. Now I don't think it will. <laughs> but that, that to me is one. That, I mean, you think about the the all the accomplishments of that. From that stretch with Jordan and that crew, that to me, that's amazing. That one stands out. I mean, seventy-two and ten in that league with the competition and the travel oh, and everything else. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty. Well, damn, I but. mean, the Eastern Conference still was kind of the Eastern Conference then. You know, so there is mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the the West was still kind of the more dominant conference, right. eating away at each other with the Suns and the Sonics and Jazz and <laughs> I mean they're. There is a lot of that going on. You know, Rockets still had a lodge one, but no, that's a it's a good. That is a pretty amazing yeah, season. That's record. a good call. Yeah, and I, I guess uh, from team or from individual. Um, wow, I got is it twelve twenty three? I think for a lot of people, they do not want to see the Dolphins. Because you know, maybe it's just because they hated the Patriots. But man, a lot of people are happy that the Patriots lost that uh, final. That's Super a good Bowl. point. That's a good point. Does anybody really want to see a team? Go undefeated. I think it would be neat. Don't, to don't see. you like to see when Miami? It just the depends guys, upon the team that who it is. When the, when the guys get together and still have like toast champagne yeah. every time someone doesn't have a. Uh, on I the actually table. would because you think about it, it was a fourteen game schedule. Then they probably had to win what two playoff right. games. So they went yep. seventeen and now 0. you got to go twenty and zero. Now you got to go twenty and zero in the yeah. parity of the NFL. That would be that'd be fun. Yeah. To that watch. would be a great accomplishment. That answer is maybe both ones that are probably never going to happen. And number two, maybe you don't even want it to happen and and, and keep it. Let's take a quick. We have. A phone call. I we guess, do. Let's let's uh, let's get to Todd that is, here first. That isn't Kevin, right? That is no. This, Gov just called me, and I realized okay. it was twelve twenty. I no, texted him to is, be on uh, today. So no, this is uh, Todd on line one. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, mine, mine. I like that Dolphins record, but uh, the one that I uh, 
had trouble watching almost uh, or get approached to being broken as Jack Nicholas in 18 majors. Oh, very good. That you don't that you don't want to see you don't want to see broken, right? Nope. Tiger was creeping, but yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Yeah. Then he then he got his sexcapades and and (laughs) but but that's exactly what it was. But what people don't realize is he was still winning big while that was going on. Yeah, that's right. No, that Thanksgiving night changed his world. There's no doubt. So, so to that, the, the the person who holds it, as Todd says, they I don't want to see that broken. Yeah. I, I want that to like be, yeah, I want the bear, that's and fair. that's that's him, and that's his, and I don't want to see that broken. And and unless it's maybe Tom Hoagie, oh, <laughs> unless right. Tom, yeah. unless Tom caught fire and uh, and done that. Good call today, Todd. Thanks for being part of the show, man. All right, a quick timeout. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll see if Gov's available, and uh, and poor Kevin, I've had him on hold here on my cell phone for a while, but we'll chat a little bit about that. Also, uh, coming up later, uh, what we call our, our college sound, and uh, Brad Anderson had a chance to sit down with a couple of fellas, Sundell, the Center for NDSU, and Hunter Lipke, and uh, chat with them. They've got a game uh, on the road at Vermillion this week, so we'll hear from them, too. So we'll do all that. Plus, are we giving away? We give it away. Oh, we got we we could do a couple Redhawks tickets. We yeah. could do Greta Van, Van Fleet, Fleet Friday night at the Dome. Oh, we got yeah. some reserved seats for that. Might want to hang on right here to the Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson. Let's take a quick time out. We'll come back with more. Sounds like we have a lot of stuff in the studio to uh, pass out. We'll do that next on seven forty. The fan. Coming live from the Gunderson's Jewelers Studio, OMG, oh my Gunderson's, make it easy to say I do with a custom-designed wedding ring, Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. For the text club at 35270, text the word WIN, W-I-N, WIN, uh, today on the Jack Michaels Show, WIN, and we'll be drawing for... Some prizes and uh, a couple different ones, Brad, as you talked about. we got Red Hawks tickets for tonight. Tonight could be the night. Or Greta Van Fleet in concert. It's Friday at the Dome. Friday at the Dome. Uh, Michigan uh, area rock band, uh, Twin Brothers and another sibling, right? Yeah. And Great Rock. Got, uh, got some Grammys out of there. Got some big albums. Uh, Derek talked about, oh, yeah, that's they're legit. Let's go. Uh, so Greta Van Fleet. Yep. The texture and I want to correct that because I forgot Golden State went seventy three and nine in the two thousand fifteen sixteen season, but that was the year they lost to uh, Cleveland and LeBron. Ah, that's it. Good so, call yeah, on that. Yeah. If you just joined us, I asked the questions. Not records that you don't think will be broken. Records that you just don't want to be broken. Uh, Kevin McGovern joining us today. The uh, uh, two hats he wears. Uh, one hat, all-time greatest pitcher in the American Association and one of the rotation starters for the Red Hawks. And the second hat, the pitching coach for the Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks. And uh, we kind of uh, shook Gub today. I'm sure last night was a long night after after a thrilling game and then boom, uh, back at it again tonight. And uh, and Kevin joins us for just a couple of seconds here. Gub, and I want to even make you answer the question, what records don't you think? Because you've broken all the all the records. Maybe the records you don't want to see broken are your wins record, strikeouts record, innings pitch record. Kevin, how are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, I think uh, the only records I hope don't get broken are the ones that I set. So, uh, <laughs> there, but I'm doing pretty good. How you doing, Jack? Do- doing well, man. Uh, Brad and Derek and I were in here talking about uh, and, and, and hearing Chris Coast in the postgame show last night. Uh, Gov, the last time Tyler Grower threw, uh, you had to bring him out early with some discomfort. I, I think maybe an elbow, an arm, or an upper body. Any- anyway, 
and I don't know if anybody expected him uh, or to come back and throw. He not only did, he had a perfect game going into the sixth inning, for goodness sakes, Kevin. How about that last <laughs> night, huh? You know, that was really fun to watch, and uh, that was one of the things that I was really excited about um, is – you know, with all the experience that I've had in this league, I've I've been in that spot with with Grower in terms of the fatigue that was kind of adding on innings later in the year, and um and him struggling a little bit in Kansas City, and knowing that I feel like he was going to bounce back really good, I had a lot of faith in that, and I watched his bullpen, and nothing changed at all, and I just think it's those innings that were adding up for a young guy that's never really pitched this much before this late in the year. And um, I think he just needed a little bit of rest and a nice home start, and uh, you see what he did. And I was going to ask, is that is it focus? Is it freshness? Is it his battery mate? Is it the game plan? Is it how his stuff matches up against that lineup? Is it, is it a combination, Kevin? What 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 is it, man? Because the stars just aligned last night. Yeah, you know, I, I keep telling everybody it's, it's not so much about who you're facing or if the stars are aligning is just keep being yourself. Just keep going out there and doing what you're supposed to do, which is, you know, for Tyler Grower, it's get ahead in the count, throw great fastballs down in the zone and beat these guys with changeups and, and breaking balls when they're not expecting it. And that's what he did. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think the first time when I got a chance to face this lineup, I didn't even get a lineup card let alone know half the team because this Milwaukee team's um, very different than when we faced them about two months ago. So when I get a chance to go out there and pitch, I'm basically throwing against this brand-new lineup, and CC's watching this uh, this completely new team and their swing pass. And I really feel like after my start and you know the struggles we had a little bit in game one, it only takes Christian Correa about like one game to figure out a team. And you can tell when uh, – the the second game when when we're we're basically attacking and getting good pitchers to go deep in the games and and every guy coming in striking out the side some that Reed uh, um, was able to do on, in game two you can just tell that Christian knows how to pitch to this team now and it's really fun to watch Derek isn't that interesting and Brad you call those two games that Kevin's talking about but isn't it isn't it uh, I feel for catchers sometimes. Because, and look, at here's Kevin McGovern, all-time leader in wins, strikeouts, innings pitch, one of the greatest to ever do it, but he's complimenting a catcher. Sometimes we forget about that. Well, I mean, what, what Correa, you know, he calls a great game. he got a variety of pitchers there, and then, you know, the, the pickoff play, because I know that's that's something that Coles talked about, that uh, they've kind of practiced that play, but that pickoff at third, Milwaukee had one more one more rally left in in the eighth, and he, uh, he picked off that uh, man off a third and the inning. That uh, that was pretty much it for game two. Kevin, who calls that, by the way? You know what? That's, a, that's an instinct that Correa is seeing um, during the game, and you can just kind of tell, and it's something that he works on all year, and sometimes it looks a little silly when, you know, when somebody notices it and he's just snap-throwing down just the back pick, but you just kind of let him know, and the one time when – you catch somebody sleeping that, you know, it could be the biggest moment in a game and end up being, you know, a rally killer in the eighth inning of a championship game. So that's, it was something that really fired us up and really took this momentum from game two that kind of clinched game two for us into game three. 
And, uh, you know, we're all kind of firing on all cylinders right now, defensively and offensively, and obviously these pitchers are doing amazing things. We'll let Kevin McGovern get going here shortly. Uh, uh, Kevin, as we've talked about, is such a humble man and, and one of the all-time greats and continues to be strong even now, and you're still a young young guy. I hope you got 10 more years in you, for goodness sakes, Kevin. But put yourself into Peyton Wigginton. You know, a handful of months ago, this guy's pitching collegiately at Middle Tennessee State, and lo, lo and behold, now he's going to take the pill tonight, climb up on that hill, and and try to do something that the Red Hawks have not done in the American Association. You've experienced this with a, with a different club and know what that feeling is like to, to be his age. Maybe maybe the, the fact that he just is throwing <laughs> doesn't maybe mm-hmm. you know grasp the, the, the entirety of everything. Maybe that's a good thing, huh? You know, it's it's one of those um, where you know, and Tyler Grower is another another case where he's you know a rookie as well. That if you just keep trusting your own stuff, uh, I don't even want him to think about what the scenario is. You know, because to, to me, especially in my career, you know, a, a random game in the middle of the season mattered just as much as a championship game. You know, that's how much these guys care about their career and and going out for this team. And you can tell that. Everybody on this team really is rallying behind each other. And Wigginton is one of those guys where he's the loudest guy on the bench when he's not on the mound. Mm. He's the first guy to high-five you when you come in. And it's just one of those things where he's such a team guy that it, it doesn't really matter what the what the stakes are. He's going to be there for you, whether it's, you know, game 55 of, you know, a 10-game road trip and we're just trying to grind it out and he's the guy up there that, that cares more than everybody else. And, uh you know, it's really fun to have him out there for game four because it, it's not going to be that different for him in terms of what the scenario is, and you know he's going to get everything he can from him. Fans are getting a taste of, of Kevin McGovern as the pitching coach side of him right now. And and I don't know if this relates or not, but the, the Twins pitching coach halfway through Kevin this year uh, took a job in LSU. Good guy. Good young, uh, you know, from the college ranks to, to Major League Baseball and then back to LSU. So you had the change in, in you lose your pitching coach halfway through a season. Now, I'm not going to point to that. That's why the Twins are, you know, are falling short here in the Central this year. But there is a connection between a pitching coach and a staff, you know, from, from your mouth to their ears and then the conversation all season long. When that gets disrupted a little bit, I think there's probably a little something uh, to that, uh, Kevin. The relationship between a pitching coach and a staff, Kevin, and the importance of it in your estimation. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really important, but the, the most important thing is what you're establishing when you're there. Um, and, and for me, I feel like I could disappear, and what was established from these guys is going to stick with them no matter what. Like guys like Luke Lind, and Alex Dubord and, and, and Joe Jones that just set the tone for, you know, I don't even call pitcher stretch. There are the guys that are already out there, and they know what it's like to set the tone for everybody else. And, and everybody that comes in that's brand new that doesn't, doesn't know what to do and how to be a Red Hawk, they, they learn really quickly that it's all about the team first and it's about hard work first. And uh, I think that's a tone that once it gets set there, it's really easy to manage. It's really easy to watch with these guys. I think that's something that Chris Coast has done immediately with, with these defenders and, and, you know, with this lineup is you just kind of see these guys um, are professional and, and can be professional on their own. And you don't see that Chris needs to do too much at all. 
but it was the tone that was set early to the expectations and the respect that they gave us that uh, that translates to being on the field. And, and it's it's really fun to just not do too much and let these guys be themselves. And, and it's uh, hopefully we get to come home with some hardware because of it because they definitely earned it. It's one of the easiest teams, even if you're not a play-by-play broadcaster of the team or fan or a, a sports person. It's one of the easiest teams to root for. Uh, of 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 all of them. I mean, they really are because you're really pulling for it. Uh, final question: How would you pitch Aaron Judge? <laughs> it's Kevin McGovern uh, versus. How would you throw Aaron Judge? Uh, you know what? It's it's one of those things where I just go for my strengths against uh, against his and see where they fall. But I know the guy likes to put the ball in the air, and uh, and those short porches aren't fun. But uh, I'd probably try to, you know, knock the bat out of his hand, extend his hands, and then try to back foot slider and see how many times he does that before he probably takes me yard. It probably wouldn't be too many, but uh, <laughs> I know I'd be giving it everything I can just in case. Yeah. He's really fun to watch, and that's a really fun storyline, uh, you know, for this year. Yeah, I, I asked Jeff Vinegar that last night at Vince's. I don't know if I, I just try to jam him. I guess I go low and inside, but I, I don't – you know, the guy's eight feet tall. He's a giant. He, he gets out. And you can't really get him. I think that back that back door you have might might be able to might be the trick. You know, get get him up and then <clears throat> see what goes on. Kevin, uh, thanks for taking a little time today. I know late night last night into into today, but we'll see how special tonight can be too. Kevin, thanks for the time, buddy. We'll see you tonight. Thanks, Jack. I'll see you. Kevin McGovern, uh, Red Hawks pitcher and pitching coach, all time wins leader in the American Association, all time. Strikeouts leader in the American Association, all-time innings pitch leader in the American Association. And I loved his thing on records. He goes, "Well, I guess they're." I just wouldn't want to see anybody break my my record. <laughs> <laughs> we did have some convince. Someone said Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak would be fun to watch. Get threatened, right? Yeah, I agree. That's not bad. That's a good one. In fact, that that's a tremendous one because it is. It's just one of those. It's like the Jaws theme. Every day. They'd be talking about it every day. What's the most recent? Molitor got to 39 in the late, I think, 87. Right, it was 87. When did they start on, in 98... The the watch like where everything was or the cutaway on television. Do you remember oh, what what got, number? Like uh, I think it was about into August. I remember. But was it like in the fifties? Did they start? Yeah, maybe like fifty fifty five maybe. Well, it it was getting good right around July because I think they're in the forties by July because I mean that's when Sid crashed the visitor. I mean he called into the visitors clubhouse to get mcguire on was like sometime in august and do that i remember i was at the game in 98 the cardinals played the twins at the dome because it was that was the, about right. the second year of interleague play and i, I remember that was, was i think a saturday night i was at that game when he homered i think he homered off of mike trombley if i remember right well, and that, that was it was probably in the 30s then that was like late june early july wow, I that was right. i was trying to think when they when they cut away up oh, mcguire's at bat you know and sosa's at bat you well, know i remember working labor away. day I, uh, why was I working Labor Day and then it, we had a you Twins get, game on and I don't know why it wouldn't have been on our sister but I, I, time and I, a half yeah it was one, probably <laughs> but I was actually taking so you know CBS Radio at the time was the news was actually cutting away at every one of his bats so you know the Twins were irrelevant in '98 so I yes. I potted that down and I'd 
put all his at bats yeah. up. And I just remember when they when the when, the, when television, if you were watching some random game, and then boom, cut in, and now they go to McGuire's yeah. at the plate, and then he'd pop out or something, and then he'd go back to your game. I wonder what if, if somebody was threatening Joe D streak. At what number would you say Luis Arise was was making a run? At what number do you think would national media? Cut into a twins broadcast with a, with a rise up, you know. I don't know, 40, 40 you have 40, to go a little bit beyond that. A little more, you know, because 56, 40, 45. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. It's a great text. Uh, email in. Uh, thank you for that. That's right. I, I love the way it says that. It'd be fun to watch get threatened. Here's a uh, text. And I guess I had to look back at the story. A, I like the Iowa Hawkeye record. The kid tied and intentionally missed due to the death of the record holder. This was in oh. 2018. Uh, Jordan Bohannon had an opportunity to break the program's all-time record for most consecutive free throws made in the Hawkeyes game Sunday. This was February 26th of 2018 against Northwestern. He intentionally missed the free throw to honor the previous record holder, Chris Street. Wow. Died in a car accident at the age of 20 in 1993. I mean, wow. That's crazy. That's a good one. Great call. That'd be tough to turn that down, but I I get it. Kel Sanderson? Well... I mean that you have to tie it. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't beat out undefeated. I mean, maybe yeah. you get more wins, but uh, that reminds me of my joke I used to tell, yeah. going, "Hey, I bowled a three hundred and one." Yeah, and right. You can't yeah. bowl a three hundred one. Can't bowl a three hundred and lose. I mean, I guess you could get more wins because yeah. maybe there's some more tournaments that you're in or whatever. True. But, but uh, you're not going to go. You're not going to un undefeated. No, you know? no, no. He uh, <laughs> you can't get more pregnant. He knocked or out whatever. Dan Gable's deal, and, and you know, losing his. Gable losing his only loss his last match ever against a sophomore from Washington. How but, about that? Yeah. Well, that was a shocker heard around the world at the time. But, oh. uh, yeah, it is the one sport. You know, they talk about how great players sometimes don't make good coaches, and wrestling's the total opposite of that. I great mean, wrestlers. The make... two greatest wrestlers ever or two, two of the greatest coaches ever. Yeah. And Dan Gable and Cal Sanderson. It's I, crazy. I, I know a family named Vaughn that, that were – <laughs> that made some pretty good coaches too, yeah, it's right? Amazing, yeah. It's it's Herman, excuse me. Yeah, the Mons and you know John Smith, one of the greatest wrestlers ever down at Oklahoma State, one of the greatest coaches ever. I mean, it's it's amazing how they just turn, and it's probably because those old buggers go in and they still beat up on them. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, they still right. wrestle. I mean, I'm I sure can, Bucky took somebody down on a mat. Oh, many times right? he wrestled until he couldn't wrestle anymore. He, you know. And, Cal, I'm sure he still goes in there and beats on some of the young kids that can come in there. I mean, Matt Nagel used to at Concordia joke about how he beat up on you know these young high school kids coming in. There, you know, you're dealing with some big man strength there too. It's just, oh, it's like, amazing. It's a different animal in that sport. Uh, good stuff today. Good text. Uh, quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll see if we can't uh, hear some sound uh, uh, from our collegiate sound this week, including uh, Hunter Lipke of uh, NDSU. Quick timeout. Thank you to Kevin McGovern joining us today on the Jack Michael Show right here on 740 The Fan. Get you some collegiate sound as as we do each week here on the program and kind of ramp our way up to uh, college football this weekend. I know the Cobbers are at home against Gustavus Adolphus. The Dragons are at Winona State. UND's got a rank to you know that's a good that's a big matchup in the Missouri Valley. Oh, it's turned huge now, isn't <clears throat> large, it? Large, right? And then you know SDSU and Missouri State certainly big too. I think people are looking at NDSU going, okay, how do they handle now coming off a a loss, even though it was an FBS team, they're on the road in Vermilion. And, Brad, you had a chance to spend some time on campus yesterday. Yeah, Hunter Lipke. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe get to tomorrow or we'll get a short show tomorrow because the Twins are on early, but uh, Friday with Jalen Sundell, the uh, NDSU center. But want to get a uh, visit with Hunter Lipke. And they uh, they were 
they loved uh, the TV guys. I know were loving uh, what Lipke could do with that uh, that big frame and that power football with that good offensive line. And he had uh, had a solid game. Got a chance to visit with him. NDSU fullback Hunter Lipke, and uh, he got a lot of a lot of love, a lot of attention uh, on uh, on Saturday in uh, in Tucson. And you know, I'm sure disappointing with uh, with the loss. I mean, you're you're going down there to, to win and make a statement. But uh, I guess just you know, after it's been all said and done, uh, just overall thoughts on what happened with the game Saturday. Yeah, I thought we played really hard. I thought uh, the effort and physicality was there. Uh, we just didn't make some plays when we need to on both sides of the ball, and yeah, didn't come out, didn't turn out our way. But as far as defensively with Arizona, were they, you know, was it was it a physical style that maybe you you, you were kind of used to or you expected? I guess that were there any surprises in what they uh, threw at you uh, defensively? I don't think surprises. We knew we were gonna. They were gonna play hard throughout the entire game. So we went in there with the same mindset we do every other week. So um, we wanted to play our physical style of football, and I thought that showed throughout the game. Yeah, there were some moments. I think you guys you were ready to take over that game, and just kind of a few little things here and there, just turnover here, penalties, things like that. Maybe things that you just accustomed that that, that they're going to happen. Maybe didn't take place, and that's just you know the, the the atmosphere and playing an opponent like that. I mean, it was for your class. This was a new experience. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we're we're not used to. But uh, Coach Ann said it yesterday. We got to learn from it and burn it. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do. You feel like you've you've learned from it already, or is that just kind of come come with time? I think I've been. A, I've been through a couple in the past, and I think just looking up to those leaders and seeing what they did in the past kind of helps me through it now. Um, just got to put it through, and, I don't know, burn it, get it out of your memory. Yep. I mean, nothing, nothing's going to change what happens, so might as well move on from it. Yep, that's, uh, that's very true. You hadn't played a whole lot the first two games. Did you feel like even third, fourth quarter you felt, like you, you felt good even with uh, the weather the way it was? You were, you were still feeling good going into that, uh, that second half? Yeah, I felt great. I thought uh, my conditioning and stuff was where it needs to be. Uh, Coach Kramer and his staff do a great job throughout the summer, and we did our 24-period practices throughout fall camp and into game weeks and stuff like that too. So I thought, I thought everybody's stamina and conditioning was adequate. A little bit different with the eight o'clock start. What did you guys do over the course of the afternoon to uh, to, to keep yourself loose and ready to go? Yeah, so we did a couple extra walkthroughs than we normally do, and just just to get our minds on the game. Uh, tried not to get too too pumped up early in the day. Tried to save it all before the game, but yeah. Did you, did you maybe feel some of the guys, some of the young guys, maybe got a little little too hyped up, or were they uh, did they keep pretty good even keel over the course of the game? Yeah, I thought I thought everybody played or stayed pretty even keel. I I don't think anybody on the sideline was too too pumped up or too jacked up for this game. I mean, we talked about it all week last week. It's just it's just another game for us. It's nothing nothing too big or nothing too small. So. What do you use like your wrestling background? How do you? How does that kind of? Can you use that to to, to your advantage at the football field? Wrestling is a really big mental sport, so I think mm-hmm. I use a lot a lot of my uh, mental aspects of wrestling with football, and also just with I think pad level too. I mean, wrestling's all all about level changes and stuff like that. So I think that helped me helps me a lot on the football field as well. Uh, how much do you kind of have the same mentality as the offensive line with Jalen and Cody and some of these guys who played together so long that you know you, you can just line up and go toe to toe with anybody? Yeah, I mean, I I trust them with every, everything I have, so 
I mean, they're a good group of guys. They put their work in there. They were here on Sunday watching the game already right when we got back. So, I mean, they put in a ton of time to this program and into each other. And, I mean, it's hard It's hard not to have a better group when they do all that. What do you? What can you learn from a loss like this once you get in? You know, it's kind of perfect timing. You go right into the next step here in the conference. Yeah, I think it's just how, how the team reacts to it. I mean, I, mean, I thought practice yesterday was – was dialed in and we were all pretty focused so I think just the focus piece throughout the week and then uh, just how much detail we want to put in, into into our work so excellent conversation excellent conversation with Andrew Lipke soft spoken but I'll tell you impossible to bring down at times remember when uh, Jimmy Klein Sasser broke away at the Fargo Dome and Bob Babbage said we just made that boy a lot of money yes Hunter Lipke against Arizona. I think he just made a lot of money, you know, that kind of thing. I think he had a chance to make money, but yeah, I think he, uh, I think that stock rose a little bit. That stock what, rose yeah, I mean, as a blocker, as a running back, as a receiver. Somebody's going to take, uh, yeah. you know, very Mike Allstott like what he can possibly Excellent do. Excellent so. reference. Great job there on that interview, uh, Brad. Thank you to Kevin McGovern. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow's Brad said abbreviated show because the Twins we have on and uh, Red Hawks tonight. Sincerely, if you can. Please, get out to Newman Outdoor Field. To, uh, support this team. and eh, bring an Afghan. Uh, you know, whatever. Hot chocolate will be there for you. 610 pre, 630 first pitch. Hopefully tonight is the night. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next on 740 The Fan.